the Hyperfixated Persons Unit. I'm Goldie, and you can be my wingman anytime. I'm Joel, and I'm screaming at you to fall back because it's too dangerous. I'm Claire, and you better fucking believe I got in that robot. And today, we are looking at the film, well, the OVA, uh, Macross Plus. Hey. Uh, this is uh, from 1995, one of those uh, gorgeous 90s anime, uh, fully hand-drawn animated Things just at the cusp of when 3D wasn't good enough, so they still had to really dig in to animate uh, vehicles and shit. Uh, It's beautiful. It's a mecha anime. It's a fighter jet anime. Uh, It's a love triangle anime, uh, which is the first time I've ever seen a love triangle used as a plot device, and it was done well. Love Death and Robots. I haven't finished that still. I need to. I really need to finish that. Well, there we go. Um, Yeah, this... uh, I wanted to get you guys into a good mecha anime. Um, and I kept trying to think of different ones to broach to it. Zoids. I got into Gundam. Sorry? Zoids. You should do I, Zoids one time. We're not going to do Zoids one time. Oh, because man. unfortunately, while Zoids is really good, Zoids is really bad. Uh, <laughs> like You're not wrong. I've tried to go and rewatch Zoids. Like I, I'm not much into like a, the sport anime sort of things, so New Century never quite appealed to me. Mm. Chaotic Century has got a really interesting story, plot line. There's like some cool politics. Uh, it's this great grand war adventure. Uh, the animations, the visuals, still really good, still really holds up. They're cool, they're missiles, they're, but they're tigers, and there's all this cool shit. Unfortunately, the dialogue is written terribly. The dubbers are fine, but every second sentence, drink if you hear, is this the Zoid's full potential? All right, I've derailed you. Sorry. You've, uh, you've triggered my Zoids rant. I have. Uh, so let's. Your Zoidroid. My Zoidroid. Zoidroid. Uh, shout out to Lega Zero Panzer for being the best Zoid ever. I will be taking no questions. Um, I got into Gundam uh, a couple of years back properly, and I've started working my way through mostly the Universal Century uh, series of it because there's multiple Gundam continuities. Problem with Gundam, while I really like it, it's pretty dense to get into. Uh, the series are very long and very wildly in quality, and a lot of them. I, I quite like being dropped into the deep end of uh, sci-fi universes like Star Wars and shit. Don't explain to me the whole world. Just let me figure out how it is, how it goes along, and I'll wiki dive if I need to. I kind of treat 40K in that way as well. Um, but for Gundam, I don't think that everyone else shares that sort of way of looking at it. I started with Gundam Unicorn, which is at the ass end of its own continuity, and so it was referencing all of this shit that I had no idea about. So rather than pick one of those... Uh, and Evangelion, which I'll probably do its own episode on, is kind of its own beast again. I wanted to pick a uh, military sci-fi mecha anime. Macross Plus is four 40-minute episodes. Uh, it's, it's, it exists within the timeline of its show, but it's very standalone. The whole idea of its story is they're designing the next cool fighter jet for the UN Spacey, which is the space force of yeah. this series. Uh, there's the VF-1 Valkyrie, which was from the original show. I think they're up to the VF-11 in service at the time of the show, and they're designing the next two. Mm-hmm. It's based off the story of how the F-22 was developed in real world, mm-hmm. how they two companies, two rival companies, were given contracts to develop prototypes, and then they flew off against each other to decide which was best. In this show, we have uh, the YF-19 and the YF-22, uh, if I'm getting or YF-23, um, as being the two competing fighter jets. And so they do a lot of Top Gun because the two companies are trying to sell this to the government uh, so that they'll buy it. The test pilots, however, know each other from childhood. 
uh, and have their own beef with each other. At the same time, there is a anime pop star diva because pop stars and idols are a thing in the Macross universe. Like they're huge in the story. And recently they've developed one, which is a computer. And everyone's going fucking wild over this thing. It's called Sharon Apple. Uh, so she's basically Miku. Yes. They have me, and she literally travels in this giant black server box. It comes out of a limo at one point and like mm-hmm. climbs up the stairs. And everyone is like screaming from the crowds <laughs> at this black box. Uh, it is based off of the mind of uh, this lady whose name I forget because I don't remember anyone's name from this. And she is also the childhood friend of these two test pilots. Uh, so they've got this childhood. Uh, together, which they were all great friends at one point, and then they all went their separate ways. And the big mystery is what happened? Why do they all hate each other? This sounds like Top Gun. Yeah, it's Top Gun done good. Okay, <laughs> good. Right. Uh, hot take: Top Gun's a bad movie. Yeah, I would agree. But uh, is the music good? Music's good. Uh, fighter jet cinematography is not that good. Um, there's this idea that I think people have that fighter jet films are like their own genre and a lot of people it's just not what they're interested in and that's cool, whatever. The fighter jet genre is really only two films, maybe six, if you stretch it. Uh, and they just don't get made. There yeah. aren't any. There's Top Gun, there's Stealth, there's Sky Fighters, a French film, there's Art Return to Base, a South Korean film. There's a World War One film that's barely any good. And like That's five and that's kind of it. Uh, the only good one is Stealth. And even that one has its problems. Um, but yeah, this one has transforming robots that turn into fighter jets. And we have a mysterious love triangle going on with these three childhood best friends. All the while, uh, this uh, diva, this AI diva is growing uh, uh, in popularity on this uh, colony world. So yeah. does this have good music though? Yeah, it's got pretty good music. Uh, you might enjoy it. Sure. It's uh, probably similar to uh, the kind of uh, vapor wavy pop, Jap- J-pop of the era. So you might find, if if you don't like the music, you might find it very interesting at least. Well, I do like Macross 8299. Yep. Okay, so you might even recognize some of the tracks, I'm guessing. That's good. Well, we'll see over here. Um, wow. But yeah, any questions? Oh, God. Um, so what do you like about this? I like the animation uh, a lot. I like that... It is a fighter jet thing, so when the characters are the characters are shown to be good at what they do, uh, and we see them pull off these incredible maneuvers, which are all beautifully animated. We see them uh, like standing around on the tarmac doing that thing that pilots do, where they make their hand look like a plane and they just like walk around in a circle doing shim shit as they're planning out the maneuvers in their head. There's not as there's also not a lot of anime tropes which I heavily dislike, like the whole oh my god, there's an attractive woman, I've got a blood nose. Uh, I also don't think there's any grandpa perverts in this, hey. uh, which is another one that I hate. Um, 90s anime was a better time. Yeah, there's like, a lot of just real good shit. There was there. just a lot of good stuff. I was thinking about this because I'm listening to a lot of um, Kill Bill at the moment, who's a rapper, and he does he he samples like a lot of music from this 90s anime period and just generally tries to give a bit of a lo-fi vibe like that mm-hmm. and it's just there was just so much it just got me thinking like how much good stuff came out and nowadays it's all like idol shit and just look not if you like that fine cool but what i'm saying is like it doesn't seem to have the same heart anime anymore mm-hmm. do you get do you get what i mean so funny I'm- story about the idol stuff 
That's Macross's fault. Ah, good. So in like uh, most of the Macross series, they somehow contrive in some well and some bad uh, reasons for these pop star characters to be integral to the plot. Uh, in one of the early seasons, it was because the aliens they were fighting had no form of popular culture themselves. They had no culture. They were just bred for war. Mm-hmm. And so when they just blasted a pop star singing on the radio and they all liked it, they were all almost instantly traumatized from shock of hearing something beautiful that the space mm-hmm. forces could like slaughter them. Um, <laughs> they've tried to, that concept has happened a fair few times throughout the series. Uh there is still idle elements in Macross Plus, and there were ones in Frontier after that. After Frontier, though, they started making series where they didn't have fighter jets anymore. It was just the idols. The idol genre then birthed from that. So you can actually blame Macross for the entire idol genre of anime. That said, there's other good stuff, I guess. There is good stuff being made. I've heard... Um, yeah. Oh, was it it's Into Abyss? What's the Abyss one? Oh, I've been looking at into that. I've been curious about um, yeah, that looks really getting good. into it. We should. It's apparently soul destroying. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I just heard a lot of children I, getting terrible yeah. things happening to them. Oh, I, I just heard, yeah, 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 that yeah. One. I just heard the concept of it is there's a big fucked yes. up hole and people yes. go down it, and that just appeals to me on this <laughs> fundamental lizard yes. brain level. Big fucked up hole. Yeah. What's in it? It does have some incredible lore and all that. So I was thinking about doing that. There might be one that maybe we one day we can do one of these in which none of us have experienced the media. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good idea. But yeah. Um, anyway, though I guess my big thing around is around just asking around this. Uh, how many cool robots do we get to see? How many sexy robots? Ooh, uh, well, double barrel question. Uh, how many cool robots do we get to see? Technic- well, technically, there's like three models that you'll see. Mm-hmm. They briefly show the current mainline service uh, mecha that the Spacey uses, uh, and then we'll see the uh, the two competing prototypes, of which one of them is obviously sexier than the other. It's the one with the fold swept wings and the beige color tones. Um, I unfortunately have yet to buy the masterpiece transformable toys of these uh, because they're horrifically expensive and very rare. Um, but one day I'll get it. The YF-19, that beautiful son of a bitch. Uh, there is also, as we're watching the trailer, we're seeing a free titty floating holographic uh, anime mm. lady. I keep getting distracted because there's a scene where she kisses a guy, but she's like swallowing his lips. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, so that I think that that's like the holographic representation of the, the idol character. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so just, that's also another sexy robot that turns up. Um yeah, there's comparatively not that many uh, big battles or, like, there isn't a campaign really in this. Mm-hmm. This is just a lot of story going on on the test base as the the, the two rival teams try to outcompete each other. Um, and there isn't a lot of actual fighting conflict that happens until towards the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so it's not like there's a war going on or anything. Uh, there's no battles being fought. It's just... This is the story of like two corporations trying to sell something and three people drawn together trying to figure out who they are to each other anymore. All right, cool. Well, that sounds interesting. How long is this? So this is uh, four 40-minute episodes. Easy. There right. is a film version of this where you just compress it down into one film. I've downloaded it. I haven't watched it. I decided not to go with that one because I think there is there is good pace. I haven't watched this in a while, in like mm-hmm. 10 years. Um, but I remember it having pretty good pacing. 
uh, and having a lot of good content, which I assume that the film would have to cut out for time. Uh, I watched it in the dub originally and it was fine. Uh, I've got no strong opinions on a dub or sub on this. Um, I assume the copy that we'll be watching will have subs, uh, so you're free, free to use that as, as you like. Um, but yeah. So what's the plot of the larger universe? Like what's the deal with it? The deal with, the deal with Macross in general is a lot of the time it's humans planting colonies out in space and those colony fleets or ships getting attacked by various aliens. Um, in the original series, it was along the lines of uh, Earth got a, uh, an alien spaceship crashed on Earth, which they then modified into an Earth ship called the Super Dimensional Fortress Macross 1, which is a giant transformable aircraft carrier thing. Uh, it uh, Earth got attacked and devastated. That ship jumped across the galaxy or across the solar system or something and saved like what was left of humanity. Mm-hmm. And they slowly fight their way back, Battlestar Galactica style. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, the Zendrida that attacked them kind of join Earth and everything kind of gets done. By the time of Macross 7 and Frontier, Earth is sending out multiple fleets of colony ships to these far-flung worlds to spread humanity throughout the stars. And they get into conflict with various alien civilizations with various uh, schemes going on and there's people betraying each other and doing all this shit. It doesn't really... I haven't watched that much of Macross. I've watched far more Gundam, so I don't really know too much about the universe as a whole. And I think it's often been a bit more just hey we want some situations to happen we want we want a love triangle we want some transformable fighter jets uh and want some cool cool space battles Mm -hmm. so this is very solidly a sci-fi series yes definitely in in the future sometime yes sometime in the future yeah they uh everything in this takes place on a colony world okay um and there's like aside from the giant transforming robots and the holographic pop stars it's all it's still sci-fi beyond that it's just not those aren't the only sci-fi elements like it uh they're in a kind of futuristic looking city as a futuristic style motorbike uh and kind of stuff but it's uh you know there it's real there's a futuristic style motorbike yeah uh also one of the fighter jets uses like brain telepathy to control itself um it basically just plugs in and then like sits down in a yoga pose in his cockpit uh and you see some pretty cool shots where in his mind, he's visualizing stick, uh, moving his ankle and then mm-hmm. it cuts to the aircraft and it's adjusting the nozzles of the afterburner. So he's adapting to this plane as part of his body and that does start to fuck him up after a while. In general, though, the, like it's not a lot of sci-fi story beats, really. It's more of a sci-fi setting. Okay. Uh, they could have set this on Earth in the 21st century if they really wanted to. Cool. Right. Awesome. Look, I don't think I have a huge amount to ask. I don't... Um, no huge I don't know anything about this I guess so mm-hmm. it would be interesting to see I think this is the first one I've been this is the first topic we've introduced in which I have no touch like it, no nothing to relate to at all right like okay. with the Star Wars I hadn't heard the radio play but I knew what Star Wars was mm-hmm. you know what I mean like um, so I don't think there's anything where I've had less information going in so this would be interesting really? okay good. all yeah, I really like, know about this is that it looks pretty future funk yeah it is um, pretty future funk. I've tended to be into a lot of like military sci-fi as a kid and even kind of now. So like your Battlestar Galactica's, uh, Star Wars every now and then is a military sci-fi. Uh, Zoids, I would kind of class as that every now and then. Um, Depends it, on the series. Yeah. Uh, Warhammer, 
uh, as well as definitely military sci-fi, amongst other things. <laughs> well, Hammer is nothing but military yeah. sci-fi. Um, but yes. Uh, but yeah, like this this might also be a lead into another f- episode at one point where I might do uh, Ace Combat, uh, the video game, which is very similar to this yes. kind of stuff. Wonderful. Um, but yeah, uh, if no other questions, then yeah, we can get stuck into it. Let's yeah, go. Down. So do you want to repeat again for the audience what we are doing, uh, what we're watching, and if you can suggest it, a way for them to watch it. Okay, so we are watching Macross Plus, the four-episode anime OVA from 1995. Uh, we're not watching the movie edition, but, you know, whatever you like. Um, I don't think that this is available on many streaming services. This is one of those things that... Macross had a really big problem back in the day with its rights. Um, Macross itself got mashed into three other anime series to become Robotech. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a result they had a whole shitload of legal problems. It's only in the last five years, like it got made in like the 80s or something. It's only in the last five years you've actually been legally allowed to buy some Macross series. So do your best to see where you can find it. Really, this is a bit of a harder show to come across unless you buy the hard copies from somewhere. Um, yeah. Do with that what you will, everyone. Um, so yeah, are you all good? Yep. All right, you've got Here your you cases, go. gentlemen. Cool. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Cool. Yeah, we just saw uh, Macross Plus. Yay. What'd you guys think? I liked it. Mm -hmm. I think I had fun with this one. Nice. It was, I'm, if it was longer than four episodes, I might have been like, all right, this is going to drag, but I appreciated that it was brief Mm. and good. Also, your trailer has stopped playing. What? Oh, dear. Oh, no. No, the illusion. Firstly, I would not recommend this to anyone who's epileptic, dear God. Yeah, this is 90s where they didn't have the epilepsy regulations uh, of, uh, uh, we thought a cool special effect was flashing the screen black to white. Yeah, this was... Super epileptic fighting robots. (laughs) It was very much super epileptic fighting robots. Not a whole lot of fighting robots. Yeah. And and, um, I thought every moment of this looked like one of those looping gifs from a future funk or lo-fi music YouTube mix, mm-hmm. and I want to live in this world. Yes. Yeah, like this is one of the primary sources for all of that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember you were saying uh, at the beginning, because um, you're down into all of that Vaporwave shit and you yeah. listened to one of them albums. Um, did you recognize any tracks from here or any sort of stuff? How did that go for you? No. Um, Have they sampled some of the soundtrack from this? How did you find this soundtrack? This... The soundtrack from this sounded very 90s to me. It did. And um, Future Funk uh, is more, I think, they sample 70s and 80s songs from mm-hmm. um, sort of the disco era. There's this genre called City Pop, right. which I think is from the 70s and 80s in Japan. And Future Funk is basically sampling that and speeding it up. Okay. And, and yeah, there's a, there is a, um, like one of the main founding Future Funk artists is called Macross... Uh, Eighty-two, ninety-nine. Mm-hmm. Yes, and he's great. I think it's a he, <laughs> and everyone should listen to him. But that's a different episode. Okay, yes. for sure. I did like um, the soundtrack. I love older school Japanese soundtracks where it's a bit more. I I use the word acoustic not because it's acoustic in that it's not amped or anything, but it's less electronic in terms yep. of where it gets. The thing that I really 
liked about that soundtrack is when you get Japanese stuff, which has almost that jazzy feel to it, mm-hmm. like the trumpets, like some saxophone, like some regular guitar kind of stuff. That's really, really, that takes me to a place. And I think that this did that as well, quite eat well. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very optimistic in a way that I think the nineties could afford to be. Yeah. In its blind way, mm-hmm. um, the nineties, the, the end of history. We we beat the Soviet Union, and there's going to be no problems from here on out. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. Liberal democracy will fix the world. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> oh, it's two thousand. Cool. Everything's all up from here. Yes. Uh, uh. But um, the uh, especially the concert scene. Um, just really reminded me of being a kid and watching my older sister's like music videos and mm-hmm. listening to their music. It just it really took me back yes. to mm-hmm. that period of time. And I, I don't know, just uh, it's like this didn't remind me of Vaporwave, but there is this channel on YouTube called Vapor Memory where they uh, post a lot of Vaporwave and music that's sort of adjunct to Vaporwave, and it did definitely remind me of some of the sort of adjunct electronic music they post on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just the, the visuals, though, of that concert, trippy and 90. It's, uh, oh, it was so... Uh, I don't know how to describe that particular aesthetic other than 90 psychedelic, it's, I guess. Yeah, It was very psychedelic. I thought you would like that. When I was watching the um, any of the scenes with the AI, I was just like, Claire would love this you know so what? much. You know what? It, it, the, the, the only thing I could think of, like, it's a concrete example I could compare it to. What? Those um that episode of The Simpsons where he like eats that chili. Yeah, I know the one, but I yep. would, still wouldn't agree that that's close. I get it's getting there, but it's not. It doesn't <laughs> represent what was going on. It was a very dev- definitely a very visually unique concert mm. sequence. Um, it's a shame we can't do stuff like that yet. That'd be great. And didn't they do like so like Hatsune Miku sort of? They do, but you can't make out with them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> that's a big drawback for me. I, I did kind of like that the way the hologram... They were a little bit unclear with how the holograms operated, but it seems like they were sticking to like actual holograms and that it is just light uh, and people weren't actually touching them. They, they were just like getting this overstimulated sort of, oh my God, it's almost as if she's really here. <laughs> But there was no point where like she pushed them or like she licked them or something and and they'll push it back. I liked that because every now and then sci-fi a lot of the time will try to hand wave and say, "Oh, the holograms can actually do all this stuff." And like, well, then it's not holograms. Yeah. Like the holograms, hard light hologram. Yeah, like the the ones in Star Trek or Red Red Dwarf. Like um, they give excuses for them and they do their own thing with them. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But I do appreciate. Uh, having holograms that are holograms that are just light and whatever, uh, that there was that limit to it. I actually got a different opinion from you, Joel, because I would have liked this to be longer. Okay. Because I, um, I, like, the main thing I appreciated of of this was the aesthetic of it. I thought it was fucking lush. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I feel like the characters and the story, I didn't have enough time to get invested in them. Whereas if it had been longer, like, um, I think I would have cared more about them. But I, I also appreciate the fact, it's probably the fact it looks so luscious because it's so short. Mm-hmm. And they, um, so I want to just give the people who made this, I just want to get everyone to throw loads of money at them so mm-hmm. they can make something that looks like this, but it's 13 episodes long. Mm. Yes. Yeah, 13 episodes wouldn't, wouldn't have been a bad length. Um, but yeah, I, I like that 
I think the thing that uh, stuck with me and why I brought this up was it's it's open and shut, it's brevity, it uh, having a single story to tell, and there's pretty much no filler in no. this. Uh, it's it's a it's a drama. Yeah, I think I'm at a bit of in a bit of a mood generally at the moment where I'm a bit sick of filler mm-hmm. in general, and I think that's partly where this comes from. Is I want things i'm so sick of everything being an hour long i think i brought this up in a previous mm-hmm. podcast i don't remember which one but like this is an hour long but it's four episodes which is fine you know yeah. so like um you know i'm just sick of 13 episodes now each so that's a big old investment in mm. everything um but i did like the thing that struck me about this in its setting is it could very easily be quite bleak but mm-hmm. it's not. It's really, yeah. it's actually quite optimistic and everyone seems to just be having fun except for when they're having soul-wrenching relationship drama. Everyone seems to be having a good time mm-hmm. in this future. I can't, like, I, I, I've i only watched a bit of Macross and from what I know, like, Plus is almost an outlier in that it doesn't engage with a lot of the more common themes that the series normally does. It doesn't engage with its lore that much. Besides the fact that there are variable fighters, there are cool pilots, uh, and there's often a love triangle. And at the end, a giant robot comes up and they go, ah, yes, the Macross. Yeah, the, like, and the ah, Macross the cameos. Macross. <laughs> that must be the Macross from Macross, yeah, like which it's, I am it, watching now. It's this weird cameo, but it's like there's no weird space bullshit. There's yeah. no extra stuff. There's no, I, From what I understand, none of these characters come up again. Mm-hmm. These are all just all off on their own, this random little world called haven or whatever it's called that's eden eden which is this is meant to be your hyperfixation. yeah it, it, like it's all meant to be san francisco um gonna, gonna give you some benefit there because i am finding out in this podcast in general that i am very bad when it comes to details on my <laughs> hyperfixation. so i think we should all have some leniency with each other on forgetting names i don't know oh. the name of anyone in this so. no i i remember the name of the ai is sharon apple and that's it sharon apple that's there such is, a shit is name Samu dyson <laughs> yeah gold, gold i don't yeah. know if i'm pronouncing any of the right me young i can't remember her last name and then the black lady was kate and ah <laughs> <laughs> yes kate uh, you're doing way better than i did yeah sharon like, apple. When I'm watching and it, the, the nerdy the guy was yang Yang? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't remember the first Wait, wasn't Yang the one. nerd? Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. Nerdy oh, sorry. guy. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the others. Anyway, I know That's almost the entire cast. <laughs> he did a pretty good job there. There's only black general who I don't think ever gets a name. I think he does, but I can't it's remember. It's like a colonel or a general or something. That being said, there were like I know there's only two black people in this, but that's way more than I see in most anime. Yeah, I, me and Goldie were talking about this before. The people of color representation, both in terms of quality and quantity was a lot better than what you normally see in anime even today. Yeah. Like, cause it's not just that they had two black people. They looked like real black people, not mm. the caricatures yeah. that anime often does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, in general, there wasn't any kind of racist stereotypes because I don't think Japan struggles to reckon with some of its own cultural racism, yet alone, like, even recognizing when they're, following through on like American racism and yeah. all of that. So like the general yeah. is just, he's, he's a general. He's just um, a general. He's a big professional guy. Yeah. Um, he's got his kind of own agenda. He knows to manage his stuff. The Kate, the friend is K 
Kate, the friend. Mm. Uh, she's there to try and help out. She knows something's wrong. She's Myung's like one stable relationship. Yeah, <laughs> she's got a just a gorgeous hunky husband. Gorgeous slab yeah. of a man. Yes, he is a he's a fridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With two beautiful children. Like, Takes care of all the kids. That's very progressive as well for a yeah. Japanese anime to yeah. have the dad be so involved while mom goes off and sings karaoke. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, normally I'd agree with you, Joel, that in that I hate filler as well. But I would have been down with filler in this show because I just loved the world so much and I mm-hmm. wanted to see more of it. It just, all I could, like, I was actually more, normally I'm more invested in the action or, like, sci-fi of something. But in this I was just invested in the world I, all i could think of the whole uh, half the time was just like oh my god i want to live here mm-hmm. it's it's just like now is that the aesthetic or is that things that were happening in the world uh what was it that drew because what draws me to this is often the fighter jets i assume that that's not what your draw was though i mean the fighter jets aren't bad but i was just talking about like y- do you know what cyber prep is no so it's like cyberpunk but utopian Oh, okay. And that's this is like the closest thing I've ever seen to it. I think in like an anime. Okay, yeah, I can get that. Um, I mean, I'm, it wasn't. It, like, I think cyber, like proper cyber prep, would probably involve more like cyborgs and things. But mm-hmm. um, just in terms of, it was just. I feel like this was almost like Japanese Star Trek in a way, but like not in space. Just like what people on Earth or the Federation worlds, okay, would be doing. All right, yeah, I think I get what you mean now. Living in these beautiful cosmopolitan cities that kind of they're kind of synthwave looking and having karaoke at these wicked venues and Mm -hmm. they're surrounded by this beautiful ocean and this beautiful greenery and they're powered by um like windmills and Mm -hmm. because there wasn't really hanging out with their mixed race families and interracial alien buds Mm -hmm. and it's just like oh my god Yes, this is the future I want to live in. Because yeah, there's no there's no conflict besides the interpersonal yeah. conflict, and then later the shenanigans. Yeah. Mm. Um. There's no like, it's it says there's some military conflict going on elsewhere. Um, you see like two seconds of it at the beginning. Yeah, and he's like, "You're a loose cannon, dang it! We yes. gotta get you out of here." I did like that dynamic. <laughs> uh, but I think yeah, that feeds in a little bit to what I was mentioning around like this isn't this could very easily choose to be edgy and grim, but it's quite nice yeah everyone is okay and having a nice time Hmm. and they just want to develop fighter jets and make out with ais and i would absolutely watch a slice of life series in this setting well (laughs) we have news for you apparently yeah okay so i can't remember if i mentioned this i don't think i did in the intro macross you did uh i did okay so macross caused the idol genre um and as a result macross series started about fighter jets uh, with some pop stars and some love triangles sort of thrown in and every subsequent series changed the ratio to the point that the more recent macro series have no fighter jets in them and they are all idols. So if you're after Slice of Life in this sort of shenanigans, I'm pretty sure there's a good couple of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally down for watching more Macross after this because mm-hmm. I, was, I was looking it up a bit myself and from what I can tell, the overall franchise is about winning wars and spreading peace throughout the galaxy with the power of love and the power of rock and the la- power of jets that turn into robots. Yes. Yep. And I, I'm surprised I've never heard it. Like, I, I've heard of it before, like, but not... I've never, I just know it's an anime that involves robots. That's mm-hmm. all I've ever heard. Like, I really know about it. Mm. And that I think there's some kind of like... I, I think I've mainly heard of it before because of... Um, 
it's the, the the reason that they can't call Jetfire Skyfire in Transformers. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, all of the shenanigans with the toy brands. Yeah, this would be a cool toy brand thing. There, there are some really good toys with these. They're like, there's there's Masterpiece Transformers. They've made equivalents for all of the jets seen in this. Um, the VF11, the VF19, uh, well, VF and YF19, and VF and YF. No, actually, just YF22. Um, they've made like masterpiece grade transformable toys of these. They are absolutely beautiful. They're like four hundred dollars. Uh, they're somewhat out of print, I think. Uh, one day I'll have one of them. Okay. Um, eventually, but like, there yeah, we go. Yeah, they're they're real. They're real nice. The tech design of of these are like they put so much work into them that they didn't need to, but they did, and God bless them. This has. An interesting love triangle. I mm-hmm. usually find them a bit boring, but this was okay. I would have liked a bit more detail as to what exactly life was like beforehand. There wasn't a huge amount of allusion to that other than a flashback here yep. and there. Um, but it was... Uh, and also I feel like there was little bits and pieces of... I think it's gold, is how you pronounce its character, could have been fleshed out a little bit more clearly in places, I think. Yeah, on is the point that he had fooled himself into thinking that the a, a different thing happened. Yeah, the, um, is that how we're meant to interpret that? And at the end, he's like, "Ah, oh, oh God, I was wrong." It was yeah, like me I all think along. that he he had convinced himself that uh, it was um, other guy, other guy, guy, John Travolta, um, John Travolta, uh, Isamu. Top Gun, Isamu. Is, or Dyson. Um, is not yeah the main guy um, had done it um, and that's Flesh why he hated him that he had yeah Flesh Rodimus uh, that had uh, torn them apart and he blamed him for all of that and for being a horrible person thus wanted to protect uh, the girl um, from all of this stuff and then later on realizes oh shit I repressed all of that it's, actually I was the monster remember that time I ripped her shirt off like yeah it's like, hmm, maybe I'm the bad guy <laughs> <laughs> I just. Like, I feel like, because it's implied that at least some of what he's doing at some parts of the show is because he's part warlike Klingon, not Klingon, but you know. Yeah, the equivalent. Yeah. And, but I couldn't, like, if if your friend tries to rape you and then suppresses their memory and makes you think that there was other friend tried to (laughs) rape you and then... Starts blaming him. I don't think anyone would just go along with it and be like, "Mm, let's just let him. (laughs) Like, I could conceive of uh, main dude uh, letting Gold believe that uh, if uh, the girl was no longer there and she just had run for the hills um, and they were still, like, kind of hanging out. Um, But, yeah, her staying around and being as comfortable as she is with him was strange. Um, yeah, just to give a bit of context to those people who didn't watch along like you're meant to. In which case, you didn't do your homework yeah, and turn was, off the podcast right now. In case you didn't do it. But on the off chance that people don't care about spoilers or watching this and just care about listening to us, which there must be at least one person, <laughs> probably. Yeah, I, I listen so, to the podcast instead of watching things. Yeah, so uh, three main characters, old friends, and their relationship slowly disintegrates at eventually. Mostly because both of the guys are madly in love with the girl, it seems. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's 
some kind of sexual assault attempt from one of them. Yeah, out of jealousy. It doesn't go very well. Yeah, it, gold That's thought. It, as you would expect, it does. What, what was the main guy's name again? Dyson. I, uh, it's the last name is Dyson. I think the first name is Isamu. I don't know if I'm pronouncing okay, so, it right. Uh, gold thought like uh, walked in on Dyson uh, and girl um, in an in- intimate moment. Misinterpret thought. Oh my god, mm. you guys have been seeing each other behind my back. It Flew does into look a rage. like that, to be honest. Yes, it does. Okay, so. um, he flies into a rage, punches him, rips her shirt off. Uh, and then later they all broke up and stopped seeing each other after that and all went their separate ways. Um, now the two guys are super cool fighter aces testing the two new prototype aircraft, and she is the director of a Vocaloid, uh, and they all wind up on the same planet out of chance Yeah, uh, and have to reunite and reconcile with their reconcile. feelings. Yes, I, I, f- uh, I found Dyson so obnoxious that I wanted to root for Bowman, but at the same time, Bowman, you know, tried to rape someone and kept, yeah. and also seemed to be trying to constantly murder his ex-friend, which is, I don't know, it's kind of like, kind of a deal breaker. But, you know, outside those moments, he seemed like a nice, respectable, reasonable guy. He seemed like that. Until you get the context of what he did in the past, then it's kind of like, okay, this is just a bit mm. weird. Like, I'm going through my notes here. Uh, one of the first, the first time that, uh, Gold and Dyson meet, which is in like a press uh, conference room where they're discussing the two competing fighter teams with the general, like what, how's the fighter program going to work? And Gold walks in and they both see each other from across the room. Uh, and he makes the quip of like, this guy's unstable. You don't want him as a test pilot. Like, I know this guy, he's not going to be cut out for this job. And to prove that he is actually cut out for this job uh, and that he is a calm and rational person, he punches a glass computer screen <laughs> yeah. and probably breaks his hand. Yeah. And I think Gold kind of points it out as well. Yeah, and he's like, like, see? Yeah. Look. The young should have just been in a poly relationship with Kate and a fridge husband. Yeah. That, that would have been nice. Would have been better. That would have been the ideal. Mm. So... It's not really made clear exactly how it resolves, so she might. Yeah. Because, I mean, all it kind of ends on is like, and then we destroyed the AI in two seconds. That was very sudden. Mm. They were like, all right, we're going to do this battle. It's going to be this big old fight. And then he's just like, all right, you know what? It's over. And he just smashes through the fucking like, like thing. It breaks everything. And he's like, I win. And the anime ends. Do you <laughs> think that she'd be backed up on a cloud? This, the internet doesn't exist. This is 1995 future. <laughs> she had a hard server, apparently. And also the deranged AI testing out who would be the better partner was quite fun. Yeah, I liked that. Yeah, well, um, but like at the end, did he ram his plane yeah. into it? But then he's flying it afterwards. No, he rams his plane through the top of the... He rams his plane. This didn't make any sense to me. So I'm going to attempt to explain what I saw. If anyone would like to put it into better context, please yeah, do. Like, but he smashes his... So you got the big old Macross, which is a big old fucking mech. Yep. It's shooting a billion trillion bullets that he's dodging. Mm-hmm. And it's real metal slug kind of stuff going on. Qu- shout out to... So that ship is meant to be the ship from the original series, which yeah. is now uh, parked where it finished the show at. And that is now a memorial park yes. and just like a cool yeah. public space where they're having the concert. Um Shout out to whatever mad lad took what is presumably a like 30-year-old crazy aircraft carrier and reloaded all of its ammunition for the concert and got the guns yeah. working again just in case. Just in case it all did. So he so he's fighting it 
He has to inject his nerd friend because he's been hypnotized by the AI. He's, been t- he's become a simp. He's become a simp. Everyone's <laughs> become a simp at this point. And so he then takes... He dodges a few bullets, um, flies towards the ship, crashes through a part of it, which is not the part the server is in, because it blow and it blows up some of the ship. And then it cuts to the server, which just explodes itself. Like yeah. without any kind of like contact in a different room, and I'm like, how did that happen? It, uh, it's I th- like I think they there was ran some, out of budget. There was in the some last techno babble seconds. that was like, uh, oh, there's the nerve center there, and that, and he located it or something. The bit that got me was like, if that was going to be like a valiant self sacrifice, and he died, okay, that's an ending. Uh, but then he just rocks up, and he's just like yeah. hovering, and he's fine. Can like, two self sacrifices like, within like two minutes? I mean, sure he can, uh, but like. The, they do have the planes have a punch up, so the planes are obviously tougher than actual planes. But like fighter jets, like an F twenty two is meant to be lightweight uh, and incredibly efficient to the point you could probably punch it uh, and put it out of service. You could punch a, pa- a plate on a modern fighter plane, and they would have to spend hours of work to fix it. So if this guy can fly through a battleship and then still be fine, to be fair, it's it's also a spaceship that's atmosphere. Like it can work in the atmosphere and outside the atmosphere. It's probably a bit more armored up than a. Well, no, it'd be it'd, it'd be it'd be. It could less. also turn into a robot. Yeah, like I liked that when they were uh, doing what they're, when they're supposed to be testing it, yeah. uh, and he's like, "Hey," like they just like look at each other from the cockpit, like "bitch," yeah. and then uh, Gull is like, "Hey, we're gonna change the testing plan. I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna fight this guy. Uh, you guys start recording some testing data, and then they're like." Back at HQ, they're all, wait, what are you guys doing? No, don't do that. Like, oh, sorry, the radios are dying. Bye. <laughs> and then instantly the two teams devolve into betting on the fight. Yes. It just has a big, ugly punch-up. And uh, Nerd is just like crying and going like, oh my God, it's going to take me so long to fix this. Please don't break it again. And they do. Yeah. Over and over again. Um, I do like how they're like, when they're introducing uh, Dyson to his plane and they're like, it's killed its past. It's killed its past two pilots and put another two in hospital. I'm like, then why are you still testing? Yeah, it? I wrote it's, that down. It's clearly the worst plane. Then is with four <laughs> pilots in the hospital and two in the ground. Yeah, like in which it, case, it's not a very good plane. Then is it? Like I know <laughs> if that the other one has put pilot, no one in. Yeah, the test piloting is a famously risky job. Yeah. Uh, that's meant to be its whole thing, uh, and it like it's almost expected that you will have several crashes when you're doing such high-tech stuff. But if you're on your seventh test pilot and you still, like, yeah, that should be a pretty clear sign of, cool, you're not the... If it takes seven pilots to pilot this thing, how are we supposed to train our normal Navy boys on this? If you need to train it, like, if you test it with the best... Because this guy is... It is well established. He's a ridiculously good pilot. Yeah. If you need a pilot of that skill to fly this thing successfully, it's not a good plane. You can't mm. generalize that to other people. Mm. Uh, and it's never made entirely clear why it's so dangerous to fly, other than that maybe it's just very fast. I think it's mostly that. It's that the plane is overpowered and uh, overmaneuverable. And so pilots will like black out when they're trying to do... like. The plane is capable of more than a human body can tolerate. Well, then why did you build it that way? Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, like F-22s can kill a pilot if they're bad at it. Yeah, 
I know, but why would you build a plane that kills four out of five of its pilots? <laughs> yeah, like, kills being the operative word, yeah. It's and, not really, like, workable then, is mm. it? And the other plane, I know the other plane came with its own side effects that seemed to be driving him so yeah, insane. The other, I, yeah, the no, other I think that was because he was uh, the emotional... I, I was under the impression that whatever was wrong with him was more about the, like emotional suppression and him uh, or maybe I I think that it was more like I don't think there was necessarily anything wrong with the system they built in the plane mm. it's just that literally I would assume anyone who uses it would begin to like be more in touch with their trauma and could then have shenanigans happen as a result if you happen to have bad trauma this machine is probably going to dredge that up like, and uh, so you got to it's kind of like the Jaeger program in Pacific Rim where you have to have that mental discipline and health to be able to use it properly? I, I can't remember exactly what they said, but they said that Bowman was suppressing something to do with his alien nature, mm. which was... I can't remember if it was triggered by the plane or the fact that he was suppressing it made it more difficult for him to use the plane or... Yeah, it was something vague. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know, from what I read on the wiki, like, a lot of his damage was partially... Oh, uh, he's like half alien, even though the alien he's a half of apparently like ten feet tall. So how did that work? Um, he's pretty tall. <laughs> yeah, but ten feet, man. That's like so. Two, there's there's a technology they tall. introduced in Haven't you ever one seen of the furry hyperborn. It just fits. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fine. There's a technology introduced in one of the Macross series where these giant aliens can go into a pod and they like do some space magic matter compression. And they pop out as normal human size. Uh, now, of course, because this is anime, uh, one of the characters in it, I think this is Macross Frontier, walks in as like a pretty badass kind of like Starbuck-esque woman um, fighter pilot. She walks in, gets matter compressed, and she's, I don't know, like mid-30s or something. Um, and then she pops out as a 12-year-old girl with massive tits. Naturally. And everyone's like, why? <laughs> That's... Strange Japan, please. Yeah, that's all right. That's a bit much. Um, but yeah, so this this is what happens in the Macross franchise, which is why I didn't show Macross Frontier. I showed this. I have to do that in next. retrospect, I could have done with one more episode to give it a bit more space to explain some of this stuff in a little yeah. bit more detail. Um, now that we're chatting about it, but otherwise, yeah, I did like how when he sits in the plane and he's like hooked up to it, he does the blood symbol with his hands. Was, you know, it's a gang. Look up the blood gang symbol at the moment, and you'll oh, it'll make sense. It's a gang symbol. It's a gang symbol. I thought yeah. it was like a meditative thing for the bloods. No, it it looks like it's a blood symbol. It it's look. I'm sure it's actually a meditative mm-hmm. thing, but it just reminded me of the bloods gang sign. Wait, uh, well, like like did they just sort of accept? Oh that geez, he- yeah. I <laughs> know, right? Look at that. Oh, it's it, meant to like spell blood. Yeah, oh, that's cute. Yeah, but he does that the whole time. <laughs> Uh, those at home look up the Bloods gang symbol, and that's the symbol he sits it. He sits with his hands in <laughs> as he pilots the plane because he's so gangster. Yeah. So, so I was like, do they just accept the fact that he assaulted them and then suppressed his memory of it? Because like that's just what these alien people do sometimes. Just yeah, gotta live know. with it. Like, or was or was that just a him thing? Like, like basically, my whole time I was like, is he doing this because he's an alien? Or is he doing this because? That's just him. <laughs> I got the impression that like him being an alien made him a bit more aggressive than normal, but otherwise we're meant to read him as effectively 
just the same as a human would. There wasn't too much alien shenanigans going on besides those kind of mentions. I think story-wise, we're meant to read him as basically uh, conceivably human. Um, there was another line at the in the first episode when uh, he crashes a simulator, uh, and they're like, "Dude, how did you even break that? It's a simulator." Uh, and then he walks walks yeah. over to the uh, the other girl and he's like, "Hey, want to buy a drink to mourn my death?" <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's a good line. Yeah, I I I go for that. And then they go for a drink and he's like, "Do you want to fuck?" And she's like, "Yeah, alright. <laughs> <laughs> want to go like, for a ride on my massive motorcycle?" And she's like, "Yeah, sure, yeah, cool, alright, like real." It seems great. And then later on, she shows up and she's like, "You could be with your love interest now." And then literally runs off immediately afterwards. <laughs> and he's like, "What?" <laughs> it's yeah. Uh, just a bit. Episode two, I've got a note. Gold, take her to a hospital, you fuck. Uh, after, like, it trapped her in the room with the smoke in. Oh, yeah. Uh, to be fair, he needed to go to the hospital as well. Indeed. He had, like, a massive laceration on his back and shit. Like, and he, he, instead of running to a hospital, like, runs back to his house. He's a man. He has to heal on his own to be heal with, with his bourbon woman. and whiskey. Yes. He is going to heal at a hospital. Like a pansy? Yeah, under the care of women. Also, his house was, or the hotel room or wherever he was, was fucking gorgeous. It had that mm. purple waterfall out of it. Yeah, yeah so like it was every, great. I love all the co- bright colours in this. Everything was just... Even the, the um, as they went through the city and you saw all the buildings, they were just so colourful and interestingly designed. It's so, oh, it's such a good Yeah, they were so cool. Setting. And then they, like, destroy half of yeah. them in the end. Like... No, no, that was a different... No, they went back to Earth at the end, so it was a different place. Oh, yeah, in Earth. So, yeah, like, everyone on Earth gets transfixed by the AI, uh, gets turned into the mass simp beam. Um, and so everyone's just, like, standing around, going, like, oh, my God, so beautiful. And then the two, the two fighter planes are flying through all of this shit. And they're using live ammo to try yes, and kill I each know. other. And they're flying in between skyscrapers in the process, destroying skyscrapers, which are presumably full of people still. Because, like, none of them have been evacuated? I was wondering that, but I also wondered if just a huge amount of people are at the concert and so that it's all empty. But <laughs> it did seem like, hmm, a lot of people are dying right now, but I don't think this anime is going to address that. No, it, And I believe it will come up. It seems like the kind of anime that would come up with a stupid reason why none of the buildings are filled with anyone. I think yeah. I did read that somewhere on the wiki. I can't remember exactly what it was, but... Like, there'd be a lot of people at the concert, but, like... Not everyone. Well, apparently, I think, I, like, when, like, at some point, the human race was uh, reduced to, like, a million people or something. Yeah, that, I think that was in the original Macross yeah. series. So there wasn't, so they hadn't really had time to repopulate. Well, no, but, like, yeah. Earth got, like, raised, I'm pretty yeah. sure. So that but, city would have been built post-genocide. But you know one person who did survive? Who? An Apex twin, apparently. Who? The the um guy who did the I, I'm pretty sure he did the come to daddy one yeah and the music that was used in Salad Fingers because at at one point during uh when they're walking through one of the cities you see for a split second the new Apex Twin CD a poster for the new Apex Twin is CD is that a, is that a band uh it's a like electronic he's an electronic dude he's really fucked up uh, we'll show you later oh okay That'd be a good way to do it but oh, um, I didn't know that there was any like placement of real stuff in this well, he's in uh, there apparently uh, oh, cool. and if this is if this is set in 2040 then he could like he'd be like 70 or something so yeah so apex yeah. twin survived the macros holocaust and is still going strong it's, it's in his well, 70s apparently you know what god bless him good um, on him 
I did like when they're having that fight and they're just accusing each other of the pettiest shit. And you're just like, wow, these two are both just children. Yeah. In. Like, I really liked that. Yeah, the, they had that bit in episode four uh, where Gold finally has the realization um, and comes to terms with stuff and is actually feeling his things. And then notices, oh, I like, I've just killed my best friend. Oh my God. But then sees that he's fine and they start reconciling. Um, uh, like, to pull a moral from that, I read it as like, don't kill have, your friends. Well, like being in, even if they are obnoxious as fuck, yeah. I probably would have killed him. Step one, don't kill your friends. But step two, like being in, uh, like having really long friendships, a lot of it's about forgiving dumb little things, um, uh, because you enjoy the person's company. But if something sours, then you can start really digging. Like, hey, remember this time you didn't pay me back for Hungry Jacks or some shit all those little petty things will come out. But when they reconcile, like, you know what, that that shit doesn't matter. Like, we're friends again. Um, and I really liked how very quickly, once the main issue was solved, that was kind of it. And they were like, we are actually still friends. And I, and I liked the kind of bonding and relationship they had in that. I thought that was really sweet. Yeah. I mean, it was, but he also just tried to kill him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, there's an awful lot of forgiveness there. Yeah. Um, yeah like... I, f- I feel like this plot really needed a lot more fleshing out and justification. Like That's it could have been could have been good if it had more episodes and they kind of I don't know explained it more. I don't trust Japanese anime to deliver a good plot, and I know that's maybe a big generalization to say, but as a general rule, most Japanese animes I watch that I am invested in the plot, they either go they hit this point usually about. F- two to three episodes off where they're like, and now all of a sudden, all of this is happening because of aliens and this and that. And they just seem to fall apart, like in your hands. And I'm not entirely sure if what that is about, but it happens. The best example, which was done well, was uh, Evangelion from what I understand. Mm -hmm. At the end, it's like, what's going on here? Who knows? But it works for Evangelion. It it doesn't work for... Any other thing I've watched where it's just like uh, one I, of my favorite animes, Gantz, is all of a sudden like, and now aliens show up, which isn't out of character because the whole series is about hunting aliens. But mm-hmm. it's like, okay, now aliens show up and now it's a very different thing. And now this is happening. And now that is like, oh my God, this is just, I can see that you've run out of stuff mm-hmm. like now and you just don't know what to do with it. Oh, well, I know. maintain that Killer Kill is perfect in every single. Killer respect. Kill was great. I'm not saying every Japanese. I'm not going to destroy an entire anime like is cancelled. Hyperfixation yeah. says so. But there's a lot of um, there's just a lot of trends in Japanese storytelling where it's just like I don't know if I have the cultural context behind it. Where it's I like, feel that a lot. Why too. does this change so much? Well, like, isn't that, what is this meant to be? Isn't that partially because a lot of anime is adapted from manga, and then once they overtake the manga, they gotta. It's basically like the final seasons of. But it's not Game like, of Thrones. That usually results in filler, not with like we're gonna make up the story. What they usually do when they overtake the manga is they just go on these stupid filler arcs that take years. Um, until the manga catches up and then they go back to the main story. So most of the time they actually do that well. Like a lot of the time the manga actually does this I stuff feel as like well. It's just a, lot of, a lot of the time I'll, I will, I've been turned off of various anime because uh, I don't uh, see what their overriding plan is. There was one that you, uh, Claire and I watched. Um, I can't remember if you were there, Joel. The one, one where... Um, 
they're all in like a serial killer fight to the death sort of thing and the one at the end will become oh, God. Oh, Future Diary? Future Diary, yeah. Like it, it starts, a lot of anime seems to start with an interesting premise um, of the phone that, uh, where he, he writes his diary in the phone but then he starts getting Future Diaries himself to plan his day and he's also in this murder contest. Yeah. But it'll start with that premise but then have no... To me, it seems like they don't have a plan or a goal of where it's going to end. I thought it had a pretty yeah. definitive ending. It did, but to get there, there's just all of this shenanigans which didn't seem to serve the plot in particular. But they were so funny. <laughs> funny though they may be, like it's. I'm not saying that it's bad all the time, but I see a lot of anime which does that when instead they could have had it more focused. I, uh, I yeah. thought the chaos was like essential to the experience that was Future Diary, which was... I'm surprised I didn't think of it when thinking of it, trying to think of examples of anime I've seen, because in retrospect, that was unforgettable. Okay. I guess, for me, a great example of what I'm trying to convey is the the two Attack on Titan movies, the live-action ones. Because the first part is really cohesive, and it starts off with the great idea of the Attack on Titan setting, right? Mm-hmm. And then halfway through the second movie, they're, like, talking in these, like, pure white rooms... And like it's drinking wine and all of this kind of stuff. It's like, what the? F- how do we fucking get here? Like so yeah. quickly. This is such a huge tonal shift. Why are we like waxing philosophical in this white room about the nature of humanity? Show me a big monster and make it eat something. Like, why are you doing this now? Yeah, I think that like the way that not uh, Evangelion. I can talk about it for days, but the way that I think Evangelion circumvented being like uh, the man t- navigated the tone shift was that it started off very obviously of like, there's a lot more to this than it seems. There's a lot of shenanigans. Uh, it was, uh, it jumped off of the springboard of giant robots fighting giant aliens. It wasn't inventing that as a premise. It was his, this happens to be the thing. And what's more interesting is the background background stuff that's gone into this and the characters that are involved in this world. This isn't actually about the robots and the aliens. Yeah. Um, I think that it navigates it all right. I mean, I'm not going to say that everyone's going to like it. Um, but yeah, I think the anime does have a uh, sometimes have a bad habit of not being focused enough. I like Macross Plus because it is very focused. One That's anime it. I can think of that I think did feel um, rather all over the place, I think it was, uh, oh, what's it called? It's the one with the guy and he's British, but it's not British. It's like fantasy Britain and he's got the eye and I think there's fighting robots in it. Uh, uh Yeah, that one. <laughs> I, I've haven't watched it, which is weird because it's a very famous mecha. Show yeah, I couldn't get into 90s. it. I, I I watched it. I think it was more probably like eight years ago. So maybe mm. we don't take my uh, word on it. But I, I remember I couldn't really get into it. Uh, it has some pretty dramatic moments though. And um, but then like right at the end, it turns into like Evangelion for two episodes, mm-hmm. and then it does that, and then it just goes back to being something else. I'm like, what the hell was that? I've like. Uh, got in my mind a uh, counterboard of uh, days since an injury at work kind of board, except it's days since an anime didn't end with killing God. Yeah, uh, and there's a lot like, of killing God going on. Yeah, like killing God, becoming God, a lot of apotheosis. You don't want to be a god around Japanese people. They <laughs> yeah, will, they'll rip you apart like a chimp. They'll It'll, rip you apart. <laughs> they'll rip you apart. Not to spoil it, but Ooh. there was an anime uh, that. <laughs> 
I really, I really enjoyed uh, in high school. I've always meant to go back to it. It seemed like a really charming, sweet, wholesome slice of life type thing. And I'm not usually about that, but this one I really liked. And I thought, oh, wow, that's cool. I should go back to it. And then I was talking with some other friends more recently of, oh, yeah, have you heard of this one? And they're like, oh, yeah, the ending's fucked. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, they kill God. <laughs> what? They were having a nice little high school happy thing. and oh. you've got to kill God. I mean, I'm all down for killing God, so... It's not all the time. It gets old. <laughs> How many times can we kill God <laughs> before it always gets a bit too old? But yeah, I think all of this criticism should be put in, I guess, context in that. I think we are missing some key cultural things I often feel that, that inform a lot of these decisions, but that still doesn't make me like it. So yes. <laughs> I'm... um. I am aware that I am probably missing something and coming across as a huge uncultured swine, but I am also not remotely apologetic for it at the yeah. moment. It, so. Yeah, you're 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 consuming a bit of media. Mm. You either like it or you don't. That doesn't mean it's bad. That I have the right to like be entertained it. by media I am consuming. Yes, otherwise I will not be. Like but, remember, there was an episode yeah. in a Ghost in a Shell, the the TV show second gig. No, not second gig. The the first gets TV show they have like this kind of detective mystery thing in one of the episodes. And at the end of the episode, a character explains what it actually was. And I go, Oh, I mean, that makes sense, but I don't see how I could have guessed any of that from this. And it felt like something had been lost in translation that there were meant to be kind of clues to lead to this. Uh, but just out of nowhere, the explanation gets dropped. I go, Oh, I, I had, I could never have guessed that in a million years. Um, so yeah, I think that there, there is this something must get lost. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure what my favorite anime is now. Well, you don't have to ask me. I know. I did really enjoy Kill a Kill, but I think part of... The, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you. I think what I enjoyed was watching it with you. Nobody enjoys it as much as me. No, no one enjoys <laughs> it. It'd be hard to enjoy Kill a Kill as much as you. Yes, that's quite fair. Um, the I'm trying to think about one that really kind of hit me hard. Um, from my childhood, it was probably One Piece, but I don't okay. know if I like One Piece that much anymore i will watch it if it's on but mm -hmm. i don't know i wouldn't seek out i will berserk from if we're talking anime i wouldn't say berserk because berserk in its animated forms is actually the least interesting part of berserk mm -hmm. uh berserk's probably my favorite manga hands down um yeah i don't really know it's been ages since i watched anything anime-ish yep I, I, i've often I liked uh I've yet to really find a Digimon series that I didn't like. Um, they're very... They're very really? <laughs> what a shocker. Yeah, I know, right? Um, they're often very low stakes. It's Monster, Monster of the Week is usually pretty good for me. Um, they're kids learning how to deal with emotions. They get magical transformation sequences, and they often have quite a nice gradual power creep across the series. Um, so they're a very known quantity. I know what I'm in for. It's basically Sentai, uh, some more so than others. Um, and I like all of the creature designs in it. So it's, it's a very known quantity and it's a very safe sort of one. Sure. That's a, recently, I really enjoyed Beastars. Mm -hmm. That's pretty um, good. It is. I liked Beastars. I'll probably do an episode on it so I won't go too far into it, but I really thought Beastars got... I might be projecting a bit, but Beastars is a really nice depiction of struggling with being a guy in mm -hmm. general. Being young and being a guy... This is, I know that's, oh, what a shocker. <laughs> what an amazing thing that's never been explored. But yeah. as much as it's always explored, it's never done right. Mm -hmm. It's never done, it's always done like, oh, you're just angry all the time. Or like, 
it really captured a lot of the nuance B stars of just the like trying to figure out like I'm scary to some people mm-hmm. and like how do I deal with that and you know I'm I've got so much more power than this group of people how do I deal with that and it's about trying to navigate that space okay that's I, interesting I find and that's not something I've seen done mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't always succeed in doing it I think sending the message that it wants to send, but it's, um, it's really, it's a really interesting dissection of like gender and power, like dichotomies and that in a way that most Japanese, I think media doesn't, isn't very good at doing sometimes. Yeah. But it's very, very, very good. And yeah, I like it because it's, it presents a bit more of a nuanced way. And I do think, if we want to move forward with gender stuff, we do need to start accepting that we need to listen to some of the problems that boys have at the yeah. end of the day yeah, there's, as well. There's a um, lot of yeah. a lot of the problems are as a result of boys being confused and not understanding something and then... And then no one helping them. Yeah. And that's how you get like incels and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Everyone's just like, oh, you've got it fine. And so just don't provide them with any kind of assistance. And mm. yeah, But anyway... Let's, let, I think Macross. we can wrap up uh, yeah. with Macross. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you guys had a really good time with it. I like that that it's uh, it's a very solid uh, plot. It uh, doesn't overstay its welcome. It, uh, I'm convinced that, yeah, it could have been a little bit longer. Um, there's a movie version of it that's only movie length, which is even shorter, which I'm glad that I didn't uh, pick to show. I haven't seen the movie version of it. Yes. Um, Apparently I it's gorier. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, also, uh, in my notes, shout out to, there was like a, there was a uh, girl was the producer of Sharon Apple, but she was secretly actually the talent behind it. And there mm. was an actual producer of her. Um, and he was kind of the antagonist of the whole thing because he was ca- causing all the problems. crazy cultist, scientist, yeah. I, I worshipping guy. Yeah, like. Uh, sh- murder, suicide. Shout out to him because he achieved his goal, which was stand Ride the Macross as it flew, as a giant hologram VTuber <laughs> appeared in front of him, and then just throw himself out. off. I did appreciate how, yeah, he just jumped off. And, he, yeah. just, he won. He got everything him. he wanted. He got everything he wanted. He got to jump into some giant titties. It yeah. was, I, did, I didn't realize, which is weird for me, that Sharon was naked in most of her stuff. And then I was like, she's just like full pussy out like the whole time. It's weird to have a pop star be this famous which is also like a mer- see, it's a utopian world yes. it, she was also like a mermaid for most of it as well though she was and then she got legs and she just didn't put pants on it was mm. like okay wow this is just i guess not. This, is, this is a pussy outlook it is a pussy outlook it, she is a pussy out kind of personality it's in a general. more enlightened time it is with robot ai I do like how he was like, oh, yeah, I put an experimental brain chip in. And they were like, what are you doing? We have to take that out. Like, now. <laughs> That's, like, so dangerous. And he's like, nope, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> just That's an interesting point. Let's discuss it with me and my gun. Yes. Uh, anyway. Um, so, I would say I enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. It does make me a bit interested in some more Macross stuff. Um, this kind of... oh. One last thing. When they were having the fight, it was playing like Thunderbirds music. Uh, which Did you fight? pay attention to that? When they're having the fight in the city, it's almost like a Thunderbirds soundtrack. Not the second one, the one where they're having the test fight brawl. I mean... I was like, this is very Thunderbirds. Probably. I think maybe my mind is like 
probably didn't notice that because I'm so saturated with yes. a lot of Thunderbirds and Star Wars sort of music. But it was very Thunderbirds-esque. Mm-hmm. I can see why Thunderbirds took off so much in Japan because I think that kind of music style also blends well. Yeah, this yeah. is... Yeah, I'm pretty sure that everybody who worked on this was a big fan of Thunderbirds. Yeah. Uh, well, like I said, the the guy who designed the fighter jets in this is the guy who designed Thunderbird Shadow. Yeah, it, it, Thunderbird Shadow is just a jet for Yeah, this. it's just one of these. Yeah, it's, it's, even, just it's even got legs yeah, I know. to like, do the girl walk mode. <laughs> they just built... They just built this again. <laughs> yeah. Here it's a cross. I'm like, all right, I guess that works. Don't, don't fix what ain't broke. Right. Sure. So yeah, I would continue with this. Mm-hmm. I'm down for more candy colored pop idol mecha Star Trek. Let's Excellent. do it. All right, cool. In that case, we'll wrap up here. So mm-hmm. if you want to email us, it's hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. And that is once again? Hyperfixationpod at gmail.com. Wonderful. Yes. No one's emailed us yet. People probably won't. <laughs> don't tell them that. <laughs> Well, it's all the more incentive. You can be the first. Would you like to be the first person to email this podcast? We guaranteed we will read the first email. Yes. We're calling it now. I will send you feet pics if you <laughs> if you send an email. Subscribe to our Patreon tier. The lowest tier is Joel's feet pics. Joel's feet pics. <laughs> the tier is we'll send one email. Yes. <laughs> to you. All right. Says that. Um, it. Whatever you're listening to this on, whatever it allows you to do to support the podcast, be that like it, yep. rating it, subscribe Gre- it. Grease those wheels. Do all of that shit. We're doing better than we thought we'd do, which is pretty all right. Mm. Um, and yeah, so we'll see you all next time when Claire's presenting. What are you presenting? Young Avengers Volume 2. Volume 2? Yes. Specifically. S- yes, it is very Lord Fook the Toast. Yes, all right. indeed. <laughs> Let's go with that. See you next time, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.